All right, what's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome to the inaugural episode of Three Man Rush. I am Peter Rubenstein, and I am joined by my two lovely co-hosts in Joe Flood and Nick Macri. Uh, today, we're just going to be doing, you know, some basic stuff, reading some headlines, giving our thoughts and opinions about the schedule. Uh, and yeah, Nick, Joe, want to comment on anything? Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to talking to uh, Earl Thomas, talking about him, what happened in the news. Uh, I'm also looking forward to talking about Jim Harbaugh and what he's ad- been advocating for as of late. And finally, we're going to wrap it up with some Cam Newton uh, opinions, where we think he's going to go, where he's best fit. So uh, should be a good episode. Forward to it. Nick? Yeah, I'm just excited to get started. So. Yeah. Been a long, long wait. So uh, let's get right into it. So basically, uh, probably the biggest news out of recent days, other than the schedule, uh, Earl Thomas. I mean, that's a whole that's a whole bunch of craziness. So basically, he was caught cheating on his wife with multiple women in what dessert, what looked like to be a, with his brother. He wasn't with his brother. His brother was there, and his wife held a gun to his head. Um, and now she's facing charges. This was, this was in early April, like April 13th. Uh, so Joe, Nick, what do you, what do you feel like that? What do you, what do you, what are your feelings on this? Um, I thought it was interesting that it happened really early in the month and it just came out now. Um, it also just goes to show how technology is really taking over. Like it got leaked through TMZ, which Earl Thomas announced on Instagram. And it's also funny how this was all found out because the wife hacked Earl Thomas' Snapchat and went on Snap Maps to find his location. Um, it's just, it's crazy how all these apps that we all usually think of for kids are starting to trickle into adult life. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, before I go on off too much on a tangent, I just think that whole family's crazy. I mean, I've never been a fan of Earl Thomas. I think he's kind of a bad man. Um, I'm sure Nick's not too happy about me saying that, considering he's a Texas alum. But um, it was just also her motives about the whole thing was kind of crazy. Yeah. I was reading a report, and they said that she was most mad about him not social distancing. And she was also mad about his drinking problems. So I just I found it kind of weird that she found it like more aggravating that he was doing that rather than sleeping with other women. Very true. Yeah, I, I just thought the whole this was a whole mess. I mean, like his why his brother was involved. Like besides the fact that they're cheating, it's just like wow. Like that's the big news right now. Like it's crazy, Nick. Well, I think that happens a lot. Uh, I mean, sixteen game season, you're away from home a lot, so I can see that. But um, I think the moral of the story is to go on ghost mode now on and um i mean definitely he's gonna have to change a lot of his passwords but um yeah i mean it's just it's just a crazy thing and um i mean especially with nothing going on now and everyone just reading the news all the time so it's definitely gonna be a bigger headline than it would be i mean even though it's already already a crazy thing yeah um uh, nina thomas Arnold thomas's wife said that she was wrongfully arrested despite there being you know evidence of her placing a nine millimeter beretta Less than a foot away from her husband's head, but the safety was on it, and her fit with her safety was was not engaged, and her finger was on the trigger. I mean, that's you know she's two seconds away from blowing his head off. I mean, a little bit of an overreaction, don't you think? Free my boy. 
for yeah. Yeah, I heard um, I heard she called up like a couple of her friends to come over, like knives or something like that. I heard Jesus. that today. So it's a whole just it's, all, it's just a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess the household. That's all. That's all you can yeah. really gain from that. So uh, yeah, uh, with that we go into our next topic. Uh, another big news: the NFL schedule release. Um, you know, I thought, uh, you know, you know, based on where the schedule or the season goes on from here. I mean, if we even have football, which I think we are going to. Um, but you know, for me, the big news is the Bills' four primetime games. I mean, you got Thursday night in San Francisco. You got Monday in New England, and you got Sun. You got Sunday. You got Thursday with Kansas City as well. And then you have uh, Sunday night home against Pittsburgh. Maybe it could be a revenge game for Pittsburgh because that's when the Bills went down there and clinched their playoff spot. That's what I viewed as. You got. Uh, I'm not in regards to the Thanksgiving games. The other, you know, important games. You got uh, Houston at Detroit, which is just that. Just sounds like such a boring game. I mean, those are just those are. I mean, yes, the Texans beat the Bills in the playoffs. Yada yada yada. Those are just two boring teams. I mean, yeah. I I don't view I'll be eating then. Detroit. I mean, it's, it's Detroit. I mean, you can't have shit in Detroit. I mean, you can't have shit. Can't in have Detroit, shit in Detroit. Dude. So I mean, that's just a boring game. And then you got this is this is this is where they they amp it up a little with Washington at Dallas. If you remember back to like Madden twenty five, RG three had that ridiculous card in Mutt that ninety five overall Thanksgiving edition that was just nasty because of his performance in that game. And then you got what fantasy owners are going to be dreaming about all season. You got Ravens at Steelers. That's just going to be an incredible game. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. Uh, after our Ludlow boys get avenge us and they get the revenge on Ward, uh, I'm excited to see that win. And then I'm going to watch three good NFL games. Uh, Thanksgiving is definitely my one of my favorite holidays, if not my favorite. Yeah, so, um, I'll definitely be looking forward to those games. I just wish the Giants yeah. on Thanksgiving. I uh, I haven't really seen the Giants on Thanksgiving in a long time, especially since Dallas plays every year. Yeah, so it'd be nice to see them. It but. was a it was a treat for me to see the Bills uh, go down primetime Jerry's house and you know beat Dallas and just kind of you know make their presence known throughout the nation. I mean, going back to RG three yeah, stats, RG three stats from that Thanksgiving game. He went nineteen for twenty seven. 304 yards, four touchdowns and interception. And that I mean that was just such a crazy game for him. He, that that's that's oh God, I, that that was primetime RG3 that I miss. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised RG3 panned out the way he was. I thought he'd be a lot well, better. Nick I mean, being a when part-time ball, Nick being a part-time so Dallas often. fan, what do you, how do you feel about that? Well, I mean when you're running the ball so often, obviously as a quarterback, you're going to look at Cam Newton now. Um his shoulder is messed up. I mean it's just bound to happen. I mean, look at all the, the lifespan of an NFL running back. Once you get 30, you're, I mean, besides Frank Gore, you're pretty much out of the league. So running the ball every three plays as a quarterback is definitely going to take a wear and tear on your body and definitely, like, reduce your longevity. But, I mean, this season, I don't know. We can all look at the schedule now. But, I mean, if you look at last year, I know a bunch of people had the 49ers at, like, three, five wins. So who knows what the schedule is going to look like and pan out to be. But yeah. the one problem I have, have like the 49ers and the, and the Seahawks and that's just ridiculous because they're the fifth overall pick yeah uh Bills also have that schedule there you know they host both Super Bowl champs or Super Bowl contenders my bad 
So that's already, you know, not a great start. But uh, they, the opening game of the season is Texans at Chiefs. Uh, if you guys recall the playoff game where Houston was up, what was it, 21 nothing, And then they just had that miraculous comeback, Kansas City. That yeah. was a crazy game. I remember watching that. Uh, that should, that mm. should definitely be entertaining. Uh, some other games to keep an eye out, definitely. Uh, you got week three, Chiefs at Ravens. That was also a close game last year um, and the year before. Um, this year's Bucks saints games, those definitely are going to be ten times more exciting now. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. Yeah, Cod, a good friend of ours is going to be all over those games. Cardinals-Niners is bound to be more exciting. They play also twice a year. Uh, Pats, you know, this might have sounded more entertaining last year, but uh, Pats at Chiefs, that that's definitely going to be exciting. Something, something to keep an eye out for. Um, Titans at Ravens, rematch of – you know, back, actually, back to Earl Thomas. What I saw a tweet where, like, what what Nina Thomas probably made him do was probably he put the gun to her head, or she put the gun to his head, and forced him to watch that Derrick Henry stiff arm on him. That's probably what she did. It's a big man. Big man. I would not want to tackle no, him. No, no. Got a uh, Pats at Rams. See, may I'd find that game slightly more exciting if that was a good Super Bowl, but that was probably the worst Super Bowl I've ever watched. I mean, I, I, pro- I couldn't name to you. Wings, Joe. The highlight of the night was your picture with Chris, Pete, if, you're, <laughs> if you recall. That was, that that's was a, the highlight of That's the a night. top picture for me. That's the only thing I remember from the game. I don't remember a, yeah. a single nah, thing from that garbage. game. Nothing, nothing good. when Todd Gurley started uh, going down. Yeah. Know? 49ers at Cowboys, that's bound to be a great game. Uh, that, I mean... Based on that's going to be a late game, but it, I think that's in prime time. You know, based on how either team seasons go, that could get flexed. But for right now, if the season started today and that was the week one game, that that was that's definitely exciting. Uh, Steelers Browns, that's definitely Miles Garrett's going to be back. Let's see if he uh, does the same thing to Ben Big Ben as he did to Mason Rudolph. Uh, Packers Niners and then Dolphins Patriots, which you know we'll see. We'll definitely see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about the Giants for a little bit. Um, first thing I got to say, thank God we're not starting at Dallas at 4.30 in the afternoon where Joe Buck and Trey could have a field day because God knows they're never rooting for the Giants. They're always, always, let's go Cowboys, let's go Packers. Whoever the Giants play, they're always rooting against them. Always. Um, it's always, always rooting against them. Um, as for Andrew Thomas, our first-round draft pick, he has to face in the first three weeks. I mean, granted, people rotate, but he will be seeing TJ Watt, Khalil Mack, and Nick Bosa in the first three games of the season. And then in week five and six, they see Demarcus Lawrence and Chase Young. Now, let's hope, let's really hope that the Giants don't ruin his confidence because, I mean, Eric Flowers, the last. Uh, yeah, I was about to say. Five the worst pick, Eric. Uh, not the worst pick, Jerry. I, I think he was worse than Eli Apple. He was that bad. Um, so, Thomas isn't heading in that direction. I think he's more talented than Eric Flowers. I think he's more NFL ready than Eric Flowers was coming out of the league. Also, he was a higher pick. But let's see. He's going to have his hands full. He's probably more suited to play tackle could than be Eric. Good to break him in. He's he's definitely more suited to play tackle than Eric Flowers ever was. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, with the Bills schedule. And then, it's definitely, um, you know, it's definitely improved. It's, you know, a lot of the Bills got a lot of shit last year for being 10 and 6, but, you know, 
I think the best team they probably beat was Pittsburgh or Dallas, and those were on the cusp uh, wild card teams. Neither of them made the playoffs, so this is definitely a prove it season for the Bills. You know the you know NFC West, so you got Cardinals, Rams, Niners, Seahawks. Um, you got definitely an improved Miami team. You got the AFC West as well: uh, Las Vegas, Denver, uh, San Diego, oh, Los Angeles. Um, all good teams. All this good year. teams. All good teams. You know, and Nick being a Dolphins Ridiculous. fan, you're probably looking at a similar schedule. Yeah, it's I just just the way it panned out really sucks because I mean I don't know we'll see we'll see what happens though. we'll see what happens. Yeah, my hot take on this is that if the Bills turn out not to do anything with the schedules, that this could be Sean McDermott's waning years in Buffalo. I do not want to see that happen, but you never know. All right. I mean, this is their this is their chance. They got. I mean, Jared Stedham's a quarterback in New England. I mean, I think yeah. it's pretty good. This, could, they they got to they got to they got to seize this. You know, I saw a report this could today. Be a, uh, uh, um, I saw this report today that someone had the Bills going twelve and four, and although that sounds like a fever dream to me, almost. I mean, something that seems so. I could definitely see it happening, but I don't want to say anything now because I'm going to talk all this hype until September. And the next thing I know, the Bills lose to the Jets at home, which I pray to God doesn't happen. I pray to God it doesn't happen. Where do you think everyone's finishing, your team? Your teams? Where do you think you're finishing? I think the worst the Bills can do is 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. I think the best they can do is 12-4. and four. Nick? Um, I'd say worst is 5 wins. Best is 10 wins. I think Giants is uh, it's very small range. I think the worst is five wins, and the best is seven wins. I cannot see him being as bad as last year. I really can't. All right. Uh, that's our schedule talk, and let's get into the next subject. So our next subject has to deal with uh, Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh, uh, his letter to the college football community asking – about players who underclassmen who went undrafted in the in the NFL draft to come back to school. Uh, he thinks it, they should be able to enter when, whenever they feel as if they're ready because uh, he believes that there's some superstar players being wasted by waiting, staying in college, a.k.a. Trevor Lawrence. Um, he wants them to be able to return if they go undrafted, and he also wants them to be able to consult with agents before entering the draft to see if it's the right to time to declare. Um, I think this is a great idea. What do you guys think about it? Nick? Uh, okay. okay. So, oh, wait. Okay, Nick. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree partly. I mean, I agree with undrafted free agents who are underclassmen should be able to come back. I mean, I think that just should be a given. Um, if you're a junior, you go pro, you go undrafted, you, you should have the opportunity to come back and prove yourself another year. Um, as for anyone going pro, I don't agree with that. No, I, I think Trevor yeah. Lawrence, you can, you can make the argument for him. But look at his body. He needs the three years of, of weightlifting and especially like a program like Clemson. He needs to get bigger and stronger. He wants to take hits every single weekend in the NFL from grown men. So mm-hmm. I don't agree. He should be able to go out early. And I don't know about the agents. Like I feel like the agents are just going to want to push them to go to the league so they can try and make as much money and as much capital as they can off them. But I do agree underclassmen should be able to come back. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm on the same board. Joe? Absolutely about the undrafted free agents. I mean, I saw this stat in the 2019 NFL draft. They didn't get the stats for this year yet. But out of the 2019 NFL draft, there are 103 underclassmen who received special eligibility, meaning who declared for the draft. 30 went undrafted, which is 29%. 
that is so many guys that are wasted. If you're a Division One athlete and you declared early and didn't get undrafted, you need to go back to college because clearly, like the younger guys, I mean, every single sport you play, a lot of, I mean, the drafts, like the, I would call the NBA, you get all these freshmen that are one and done, but a lot of juniors. In college, there's still a chance for them. Give them another year to progress and then have them come back in. I guarantee you, all those 30 of those guys who didn't get drafted, who declared as a junior, will go back to college if they let them, if they let them, they could get drafted the next year. I bet all 30 of them could. But mm-hmm. I agree with you, Vic, with the agents. Don't have the agents. They're going to do whatever's for their best interest. However, I think they should. That's like a consultant that doesn't make money off of this because still. Guys who are getting drafted, you see them, they're like 20 years old, 21 years old. They still, like, their brains aren't fully developed. I mean, obviously you want to listen to your heart, but you should have someone to talk it out with other than just your uh, your family. Because most more often than not, your family's going to push you to go to the league, get your money, make sure, like, there's no crazy oh, injuries that, that keep you from getting drafted. So, I mean, yeah, I, I agree pretty much with whatever you guys are saying. Um, you know, actually, the, the stats, according to the Athletics' Max Olson, a tweet he tweeted out, he said 30% of the underclassmen who entered this year's NFL draft went undrafted. 30%. So, I mean, that's crazy. And then in 2019, 30 of the underclassmen went undrafted. You know, some of them found their groove. Some of them were able to find, like, Preston Williams for the Dolphins. He's going to be a great receiver for them. Uh, but uh, players like Elijah Holyfield who are just going to be buried in that Carolina yeah. chart. You know, it's players like that. I mean, but the thing with Elijah Holyfield, he would have been behind DeAndre. Buried, year anyway. Yeah. But so it was just, a, it wasn't a great situation for him. But the year before, uh, Nick, we talk about this guy all the time, Tavares McFadden. He was a top five prospect. And then for some reason went undrafted after a shitty season. And then, you know, guys like Josh Adams, Hercules Mata'afa out of uh, Washington yeah. state. Like all these players should deserve a second chance. They are they were so great in college, weren't able to get drafted, and it it sucks for them. I definitely think they should be able to return back if they go undrafted. Yeah, and I mean it's definitely going to push a lot more guys to go pro. It might as well just see if I get drafted. You know what I mean? If if you're a junior, and you're on the cusp, you might as well just go pro because you always have the safety net of being able to come back to school for your senior year. So, and exactly. absolutely. All right, uh, Nick. Your pick of the week, for, uh, pick of the week for commitments. Who is this going to be? All right, my pick of the week is Caden uh, Salter, quarterback from Cedar Hill, Texas, number four dual threat quarterback in the country according to two four seven. He's committing on Mother's Day. He's down to Baylor, uh, Tennessee, and Auburn. Probably one of the probably the biggest commitment on Mother's Day. Um, I'm saying Tennessee. I mean, everyone hasn't gone to Tennessee now. Uh, Auburn is probably going to get the Virginia Tech D commit Demetrius Davis. Dual threat, not a far drop off. So, and Baylor just got a quarterback last week, so it just makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, That's my lock of the week. Okay, all right. Uh, and now we get into our final segment of this this week's uh, episode. Uh, Cam Newton, uh, the free agent quarterback, originally from the Carolina Panthers. Uh, a report came out this week saying he is willing to be a backup. I don't know if he necessarily wants to be a backup, and I don't. I I'm having trouble seeing him as being one. I think if he's going to be on a team, he's he's going to be a starter. I mean, they they might. I mean, a Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah. treatment could be in effect where he just miraculously wins, gets the starting job after their starter gets injured or whatever. But um, uh, I just see him going to a team where they need a quarterback, not just the backup quarterback. 
the odd shark uh, odds have him at plus 190 for Jacksonville, uh, plus 250 for New England, plus 375 for the Redskins, plus 575 for the Steelers, plus 1,000 for the Broncos, plus 1,400 for the Bears, and plus 1,500 for the Raiders. I honestly can see him going to any, either one of those teams. I think he might as well fit in best with a team like New England or the Raiders maybe. So what do you guys think of that? Um, I I think Jacksonville is a spot for him. I couldn't I couldn't lay money on this because I just think I don't know really who wants him. I mean, how do I look at the evidence? No one's picked him up, and there's a reason. I mean, he's I think he's talented. He's just an asshole. No team wants to deal with that. And I think the Jags have put up with a lot of shit because they've had uh, Leonard Fournette and they've had Jalen Ramsey and now Talvin Smith added so you, to the convicts. So only you, second behind the Cowboys. So so you think he's just going to be a locker room cancer? <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I, 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 he's like another Dwight Howard. I just, I can't see this guy producing anything except maybe, maybe, maybe he gets lucky and has a good season, like talent wise. But like, I wouldn't even put him in New England because first off, Belichick doesn't put up with shit. He's like very hard nosed guy. He wants discipline. And Cam Newton doesn't provide any of that. And also, I would, I would so much rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick, like the example you used. Than Cam Newton, because if you think Jared Stenham's your guy, Drew Locke's your guy, because I think the Broncos are high on Drew, uh, Drew Locke as well. Yeah. If you have these young guys who haven't proven themselves yet, but if you think they're your guy, why would you bring in Cam Newton? The guy is just going to tear his confidence down. He's not a good leader. He's not smart. He's not. He just he's not a captain. He's just not a leader. It's like bringing in Jameis Winston. I don't think. I don't think Cam Newton. I thought that was a, I thought that was a strange move by the Saints, the Jameis Winston move. I thought, I mean, look, he's obviously, despite la- maybe last year's interception amount, but you know, and he still finished first in passing touch. Uh, no, uh, first in passing yards and a few other categories. But if you're if you guys believe that Taysom Hill is going to be your franchise QB, I I, didn't, I thought that was still kind of a dumb move. But anyways, yeah, yeah. I I see. I see Cam. I definitely can see Cam going to Jacksonville. I mean, look, I am so here for Minshew Mania. I am so here for Minshew Mania. I love the guy. Um, you know, I like. I really, really liked him at Washington State. Just came out of nowhere. Just a Mike Leach system QB. They get from another guy. It's the Mike. It's he's gonna do that with Mike Leach. Is gonna do that with KJ Costello at Mississippi State. I really think yeah, that's that would be happen. nice. But I'm so here for Minshew Mania. You know. He's on the Jaguars. He's on a shitty team. You know, it's hard to do stuff when your best player, Leonard Fournette's not there for photo day or whatever the hell. And your best receiver. Who the hell is it? Who is their best receiver? DJ Shark. DJ Shark. All right. Yeah, okay. Who's DJ, like a right. number two? He's a solid number two. He's solid number two, but he's a, he was great for me in fantasy last year. I'll give him that. But I mean, like, other than that, who the hell do they have? You know? So Chris think, Conley, no one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Keelan Cole. I mean, Marquise, they just cut Marquise Lee, and he was the best signing the Patriots made all offseason. Um, I see him going to Jacksonville, although I'm here for Minshew Mania. I, if they decide to get rid of Minshew or not roll with Minshew, he's going to go to Jacksonville. And I'm just so shocked he didn't go to Chicago. And they then they, the Bears decided to go with Nick Foles as their QB competition for Mitch Trubisky, which I thought that was just such a dumb move. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I I think Cam Newton is definitely Nick Foles. Again, like even 
I'm maybe I'm biased because I'm a Giants fan. But if you wanted, if you wanted to train a quarterback, someone that's young and needs a little bit of coaching, uh, bring in like I mean, obviously he's done. But I'd want someone that's like Eli Manning. Eli Manning is a two-time Super Bowl winning winner. He's consistently a Walter Walter Payton man of, uh, man of the year finalist. Like you want someone that just is educated. You want someone that is a good leader. Someone that's going to teach him right. I just don't think Cam Newton would be good at teaching like the young quarterback. All right. Iterate. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, that's all for this week on Three Man Rush. Uh, thank you for listening. If you've finished, if you've made it to this point, uh, means a lot. We're going to try and get to you as many episodes next week. Should be released sometime around Monday and Wednesday. Uh, where we will feature our special guest. And uh, till then, we'll see ya. Bye. Later.